So, um, this evening's talk, I, I, I often, um, end up bringing something to the Dharma talk that has either been on my mind or has inspired me, uh, during the week or it's been on my mind for some time. And this week is no exception. Uh, my, my practice these days, besides having a, a daily sitting practice, uh, has been pretty consistent for some time, um, having moments of mindfulness throughout the day where either I'm setting a timer if I know I'm going to be really busy or it's just become more of a habit of, of catching myself through the day and taking a breath and just becoming as present as possible to whatever it is that's arising or what's in front of me. Um, and this has been a really supportive practice for continuity of mindfulness in my life. And I have a busy life. I have a kid and I work and, um, you know, we're in the East Bay, so I'm in traffic like 50% of my life, <laughs> it feels like sometimes. And... Um, it's just the way it is. And so having this continuity has been really helpful. And something I've been tapping into during these moments of mindfulness throughout my day is not just being mindful, but tuning into the abundance of the moment. And it's not, it's more than just the abundance of my life, which I think is also really valuable to have a gratitude practice of some kind. But this is a little bit different in the way that I'm experiencing it. Just tuning into the abundance that is available in every single moment. And I was really feeling it. Uh, there's something about when the sun comes out. We finally got some sunny days. Not today, <laughs> but we've had a couple this week. And what it's like to be in um, the clouds for so long and in the rain, and then all of a sudden that change that that happens, and to really notice it and allow nature to teach in those moments, as the sun would, you know, hit my skin and feeling that warmth, uh, to just stop where I am and listen to whatever the sounds are around me, whether it's birds or cars passing or people talking, and just allowing that to be part of uh, not just my outer experience, but my inner experience and feeling the fullness of it, uh, seeing the, the green, uh, really loving that green that we're seeing after so many years of incredible drought and feeling uh, that as an inspiration to experience the abundance of the moment. The smell of the, the grass being cut, um, which always reminds me of summer. I'm from the Midwest, and so that's, that smell is so um, uh, a part of summertime to me. And, uh, and being from that place. 
And so uh, I want to explore this a little bit with you. What is it like to tap into the abundance of the moment? It doesn't have to be all sunny and birds chirping and smell of grass. And that was inspiring for the talk this week. But each moment is filled with so many different things. Sometimes it's uh, painful. Sometimes it's confusing. But even within that, if we can turn our attention and, and watch our perspective in those moments, how we're holding it, how if we're holding it really tightly or having a much larger view, um, if we can bring in our compassion and our tenderness in those moments, that even in those moments there can be a sense of real true abundance within the moment. So here's a, a poem that um, I pulled up uh, the other day as I was experiencing this abundance uh, in the sunshine. This is a Wendell Berry. It says, it's called Grace. The wood is shining this morning. Red, gold, and green. The leaves lie on the ground or fall or hang full of light and the air still. Perfect in its rise and in its fall, it takes the place it has been coming to forever. It has not hastened here or lagged. See how surely it has sought itself, its roots passing lordly through the earth. See how without confusion it is all that it is and how flawless its grace is. Running or walking, the way is the same. Be still, be still. I love this poem because not only is it pointing to the abundance externally, but how that external abundance can then point inward. And it makes me stop in those moments where I'm feeling this abundance and ask the question, what gets in the way of me not experiencing this all the time? Like, where's the disconnect that's happening that I lose track of this perspective? So we'll come back to that. I want to do um, uh, a little exercise with you that I think might bring you into this this feeling with me, into this experience with me. So I'd like you to close your eyes if that's comfortable for you. And just sit in a way that is relaxing, as relaxing as you can be. And you might start with a few deeper breaths. And allow the breath to be full so you can feel it in your whole body. And as you breathe, see if you can tune into the fact that that breath is a symbol of your vitality, of your life, that you are alive right now. How precious that breath really is.
that it's not guaranteed in the next moment. That it can be so full in this body and support this body. And then take a moment to notice that as you're breathing right now, so is everybody else. And then we can all take a collective breath right now, breathing in and breathing out. And in. And out. And as we breathe in this moment together, there are all the living beings breathing with us. That if everything is really just happening in this moment, the past is gone, the future isn't here yet, all there is is just this breath, And then this breath. And the whole world in this moment is breathing together. And for some in this world, this is their last breath right now. And for some, this is their first breath. that each breath doesn't just represent this pulsating earth of life and death that you're a part of. It's not a representation, it's actually true. It is the reality that we're a part of. See if you can feel yourself part of all these living beings breathing in, breathing out. We have our own rhythm. We're essentially breathing together in each moment. This is another Wendell Berry called What We Need Is Here. Geese appear high over us, pass and the sky closes. Abandon, as in love or sleep, holds them to their way, clear in the ancient faith. What we need is here. And we pray not for new earth or heaven, but to be quiet in heart 
and an eye clear. What we need is here. Everything is just right here in this moment. You can stay in your, with your breath and with your eyes closed. A lot of you are still there, and that's just fine. Or if you feel like coming out, that's fine too. But either way, you're still just right here. There's so much abundance within this moment because everything is within this moment. There's nothing else. All that we need is right here. When we tap into it in this way, I wonder if you can feel that. And this isn't to take away from struggle and difficulty, uh, injustice. That's all real too. It's all part of it. But as you breathe in this moment, that is here. Love and hope, compassion, wisdom, that's here too. It's all part of this big, beautiful mess that we are a part of. When we say that we're not separate, maybe this is really what we're tapping into. is that we're not separate from this abundance. We are this abundance. Each one of us. And so what takes us out of this connection, this knowing this place? It's so simple. The truth is so simple in many ways. When we get rid of our our greediness, our wanting mind, wanting things to be other than it is, our aversion for what is arising in this moment. We want it to be happening some other way. When we shed our restlessness and our um, kind of our apathy, our doubt, when all those hindrances, our fear, when all those hindrances to our heart and mind are relaxed or put to the side or just not present. What's left? There's something so simple. It's just this being. It's just, we're just here with it. We're not having to add to the experience with uh, what we think should be happening right now, with our disappointment that we didn't get quite what we wanted. We just get to be right here, and it's all right here. I think sometimes we get stuck in this wanting game, and we don't even know what we're wanting, really. We're, we're constantly needing something to fulfill our happiness or our goals or maybe our expectations for ourselves, or maybe it's to fulfill the expectations of somebody else, someone else's expectations for us. And so we're driven, and we move in this way through the world. We apply it to other people, too. We project it onto the people we care the most about. And then we get the things that we want, that we thought would bring us so much happiness. And we might experience that happiness for a moment, but we're already on to the next thing that we need. 
Most likely we miss it entirely. We're 10 paces ahead of ourselves most of the time. I think time is confusing here. We have this false kind of anticipation of future. We're anticipating a future that doesn't exist. And we make so many plans in this moment just in case that future does arrive. We spend a lot of time worrying about it. I do too. I I find myself in that space all the time. It's one of the, the easiest ways for me to be disconnected from this moment is this anticipation for the future and all that it brings. It might be anxiety. It might be excitement. It's going to be so much better <laughs> in that future, in that future moment when I finally get what I want or what I've been working towards. And then we miss the abundance. It's why we're so thirsty We're so deprived of something. It's why we go spiritually seeking. We're looking. And we we do the same thing with our spiritual practice. We're constantly looking outward and in the future. You know, if I keep doing this practice and then I add a little bit of this practice and shake on a little bit of this one, then I'm going to be all right. Then I'll be perfect, whatever that means. We lose the wholeness of who we are right now. And maybe you're thinking, I'm broken, Kate. I'm broken right now. The abundance is not here. You know, or I'm grieving right now. I'm hurting. How could I possibly find the abundance in this moment? But the truth is, is that even, even that, you know, the Buddha talked about the fact that there is dukkha in the world. He didn't say life is dukkha, period. But he said, yes, there is suffering. Dukkha is the word for suffering in Pali. There is suffering. That's his first teaching. It's just, yes, and there's that too. There's the 10,000 joys, there's the 10,000 sorrows, and all of it lives within each moment. Even in those parts of ourselves that we feel are so unwhole and we're trying so hard to fill and be whole again. Um, this is just a wrong idea. We're just not quite getting it. That we're maybe feeling... Um, not quite right inside, but all we need is right in this moment if we know how to turn back towards ourselves. It takes a deep, as Tara Brock calls it, a radical acceptance of just who we are in each moment. Who we are in each moment might seem broken, but it's just because it's, there's all these layers of extra that we've applied. You know, and this is extra stuff we've applied because we've learned to put it there. You know, this is 
these are those hindrances. These are this is the fear and our greediness and that hatred we're always talking about in Buddhism. It's just this extra stuff that we've applied. And as we turn our attention back towards ourself, not to some future version of ourself, but right here in each moment back towards ourself and see what's here, what's available, even if it doesn't look good. It could be really ugly in there. But the more we bring a tenderness and a compassion, the more we can look at our self as actually being quite whole, that all we have is what's here. And so to start trying to pull something else in that doesn't exist um, is actually just causing more pain. This is a um, this is a poem by Dana Folds uh, speaks to this. It's called Let It Go. She says, let go of the ways you thought life would unfold. The holding of plans or dreams or expectations. Let it all go. Save your strength to swim with the tide. The choice to fight what is here before you know, before you know will only result in struggle, fear, and desperate attempts to flee from the very energy you long for, let go. Let it all go and flow with the grace that washes through your days, whether you receive it gently or with all your quills raised to defend against invaders. Take this on faith. The mind may never find the explanations that it seeks, but you will move forward nonetheless. Let go, and the wave's crest will carry you to unknown shores beyond your wildest dreams your des- and destinations. Let it all go and find the place of rest and peace and certain transformation. Letting go of those plans, of those dreams, and those expectations. These are the things that get in the way of being with our own abundance. Letting go of the sense of control, that we somehow have the kind of control uh, in our life to make it just so. It hasn't worked so far. <laughs> it's not going to work in the future. It's just part of the grand illusion that we're, we're all bought into as, uh, as the, not just as a society, but as a world, as human beings. We tend to be bought into this grand illusion that we're in some kind of master control over who we are and how this is all going to unfold. My guess is if we look closely 
at ourself and really ask, what do we really want? What is the seeking all about? What do we really want? And keep asking that question, you know, like, what do I really want? And maybe the answer is uh, something like a better job or more money or better relationship, something like that. And then continue to ask, why? What is that fulfilling? More security, more love, more companionship. Why? What is that need? Where is that coming from? And continue to ask these questions until you come fully into this moment. And most likely, most of what we're really looking for is our own acceptance, our own love, security from ourself, that we stop beating ourselves up, that we actually just truly love ourselves for who we are. More and more I learn as just a human being, as a Dharma teacher, none of us are typical. I'm not sure anymore what that means to be typical. I've talked about a little bit about my son who's on the autism spectrum, and so we we hear a lot about him not being a being typical, neurally not typical. But I wonder if any of us are really typical. When I look at myself, I don't, I don't know what that means. What am I comparing myself to? What are all of us comparing ourselves to? What is this grand idea of a human being? If you look around this room... There's such variety. I don't know you and what's going on internally, but there's such variety. It's part of this abundance. When we can see ourselves within that light, we start to see our wholeness. It starts to heal. No one does that for us. It really takes our own attention and our own care our own tenderness, in order to be able to do that. But things like stopping in the moment and paying attention to just this, not needing anything else, not needing it to be any certain way, not needing to be a certain way within that moment, this is the practice that brings us there. This is the kind of practice that allows us to uh, fully embrace ourselves and the reality of the moment. So I'd like you to explore it a little bit more with me. Uh, What gets in the way for you of being connected to the moment in this way, in this way of abundance? And I'd like you to have time to talk with each other around this. So getting into pairs or or groups of three, maybe not more than that because then you don't have enough time to share. But um, turn to somebody near you. If you don't know them, you can introduce yourself. And uh, each person take a little time to answer what really gets in the way of uh, 
the abundance of the moment for you. Okay? So go ahead and turn towards each other. So what gets in the way? What came to mind? Yes. Actually not feeling the abundance. (laughs) Yeah. Do you mind saying a a little bit more to that? Um, you know, some moments are better than others kind of a feeling. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so in those, maybe in those harder moments, it's hard to tap into the abundance. Yes. Yeah. 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 Anybody else have that experience? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's something about when we're going through real difficulty and we're under, we'll just call it stress, but that could mean a lot of different things. But somehow our system is stressed, our mind is stressed. It, it can be like, it's just becomes like a tunnel vision. We can get really tunnel vision about our life and, and often at the end we're trying to f- see what the future holds, you know but it feels so tight and constricted in some way. And our, our idea often about what is at the end of that tunnel can seem really small and far away and you know, either unattainable or there can be this feeling of desperation for it. And um, that takes us out of that experience of abundance, definitely. And so finding ways to be able to break that cycle. One is to just know that's what's happening. This is what's happening right now. I'm just so tight and constricted around this. Or I'm just really stressed out about this. Or whatever the the real emotion is. This is what's happening right now. And as we bring our attention back to that experience and continue to soften around it, not feed it, you know, but bring something else to the experience that's a little more expansive. Whether it's in our mind, we bring in uh, just more understanding and a gentleness towards it, some compassion. Or we bring to our body movement. We go for a walk. We go find um, our favorite place to be. We go and sit with the people that are supportive of us, Um, finding ways to expand that view. Um, Sometimes even just having a good conversation with someone who really cares. If you ever experience that where you just go in feeling so um, uncertain about what to do and what's going to happen, and then just by talking it out with someone who can hold you in in a gentle way and in a compassionate way, you know, when we can't do it for ourselves, that compassion from another person can do the same thing. It can start to open us up and help us feel a little more of that abundance. So those are just some possibilities. Yeah, I saw a couple more hands. There's one over here. 
our, our theme or one was uh, fear and anxiety and uh, sort of generalized. And we, we talked a little bit about like how 3 a.m., waking up at 3 a.m. and with kind of a dread yeah. and anxiety. And then uh, we, we briefly touched upon how sort of evolutionarily it was good for a caveman to have anxiety. You know, if you were too relaxed, you'd get a woolly mammoth or somebody coming in your room. Yeah. And it has function now, too. You know, we can find ourselves in some real trouble. You know, we can we can be really grateful to have a nervous system that reacts in out of fear and anxiety to get us out of situations or to have us think fast what we need to do to get through something. Um, but yeah, those, th- those 3 a.m. wake-ups with worry and uncertainty. And then what does the mind do, right? We go into figuring it out mode. Like at 3 a.m., we're going to come up with the solution to whatever it is. And the mind, it's not something we choose. This is just what the mind does. And it gets really wrapped up into the story of, what we're going to do, and we might even get up and start writing it all down and get really involved. And that's a possibility. But another possibility is to stop, turn our attention back towards what's really going on. This is anxiety and worry. And bringing a tenderness towards that, a tender awareness. This is what's happening in this moment. It's 3 a.m., I'm so anxious. I'm so stressed out about this possibly happening or this thing that happened yesterday or the state of the world or whatever it is that's happening within your mind. And starting to bring some clarity around that. And it might even be through that process that a big aha moment comes and we figure it out. But it's more likely... Um, that what we can do for ourselves is rest, bring ourselves back to something that's more grounded and restful. Maybe even go back to sleep and leave it for the morning. But this isn't easy. It's not. It's counterintuitive. It's not really what we've been hardwired to do. So, yeah. Thank you for that. Anything else? What gets in the way? Yeah, about one more here. So what gets in the way for me is the endless to-do list Mm -hmm. that I seem to be defined by what I do as opposed to being. And... One interesting thing that's happened the last couple of weeks is that I had this idea that we, I would need to ha- make dinner, had to make dinner before coming to meditation, which is pretty impossible between the, in the time that I have. So I decided I was just going to have a bowl of cereal uh-huh. for dinner. The idea that I had to do dinner a certain way when I let go of that all this space opened up around dinner time. Yeah. 
And I had, I had a chance to sort of ground myself and look forward to coming here. And it was, it just changed the, the feeling and the experience. It changed the experience. And I could be in touch with the abundance of life because there was time and space to do so. That's often what squeezes that out, yeah. is too much doing. Yes. We have such a funny value on, on doing. Actually, I have a great quote here. This is Joan Halifax. Uh, she says, We live in a culture that celebrates activity. We collapse our sense of who we are into what we do for a living. The public performance of busyness is how we demonstrate to one another that we are important. The more people see us as tired, exhausted, overstretched, the more we think we must be somehow indispensable, that we matter. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) But it's true. You know, we put a lot of value in and busyness, and um, and our to-do lists. And also the piece you're pointing to is the doing it a certain way, you know, doing it right. And we have this idea of what that is. And when we hold too tightly to that, we're not flexible anymore. We're not moving with the flow of what is actually needed. Instead of responding appropriately to the moment, we find ourselves in this state of friction with the moment, unable to bend in some way. Uh, and there's no space in that. There, yeah, there's that constriction. There's, it's hard to find con, uh, abundance in constriction, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Then, um, thanks for that. Yeah, I won't, I'm not going to say a whole lot more, and we'll probably just end a little early tonight, because I don't want to add more just talking to something that's actually quite simple. This is simple dharma, but it's, it's deep dharma. This is, this is, uh, this is a lot of what this practice is pointing to. It's just what is actually here in this moment. This is really, this is it. (laughs) So hopefully that's, um, that you can see, uh, some relief or feel some relief in that. That this, this really, this is it. Just this. And when we wake up to it in those moments, and we can, we can wake up. Doesn't, matter, you know, our moments before may have been in our to-do list or into our intense worry or into our stress mind. Um, But then the next moment, we can wake up. We can wake up to it. We can be free of it. If we know to look, if we know how to turn back towards it, to bring that, that awareness towards it. 
So uh, maybe just a couple recommendations to practice with this. Uh, One is to start, in addition to whatever your current practice is of meditation, to have these moments throughout the day where you stop and have some ritual, ritual around it. You might stop and you might breathe. You might stop and feel your feet on the ground, butt in the chair, just feeling your posture in that moment. And see if you can tap into this abundance. And you might have to look for it. So it might mean looking around your environment and seeing, you know, a really beautiful tree on the corner or um, some really sweet interactions between two friends uh, across the street or um, something that just suddenly brings you back into this sense of being a part of something that's outside of yourself. That's a big part of it. It's just bringing yourself a little bit fuller or bringing your awareness a little outside of that constricted sense of of self. Um, The gratitude practice can be really helpful here if you're struggling with this sense of abundance, if the construction is just too much. Starting to look for the things that you're grateful for throughout the day you can use those moments of mindfulness to not only take a breath, but then really look for what are you grateful for. It might be something in your environment. It might not. It might just be something that comes to mind, uh, someone who's not there in that moment. But you're just so grateful to have them in your life. Uh, something that you get to do, something about yourself that you're grateful for starting to have that more alive. Sometimes we need to work that, that muscle in our brains. We not, may not tend towards uh, gratitude, and so we have to work at that a little bit. And then it'll start flowing. It becomes a game. You'll start looking for opportunities to feel that sense of abundance and gratitude. And that can only bring you in, tap you in to that feeling of being here, the abundance, presence. There's a fullness that comes along with it. And then the last one is uh, to slow down. And I've been talking about this <laughs> a lot lately, in different talks I've been giving um, we need to we actually have to physically slow down i think i think we're going at a pace where it's just not reasonable to think that we can tap in to the moment and into presence and the abundance it's not reasonable it's not it's not very human actually this is becoming inhuman it's becoming more um, robotic or something. Like we're, we've gotten so tech savvy that we're going at the pace of technology of our, our phones and iPads and all these different ways that we're, we're tapped in in a very different way at a different pace. 
the expectations that come along with that. We have to slow down. Our, our human minds and hearts aren't meant for this. It's too much. So finding ways to slow the pace through the day and just start in small bits. So you might give yourself some time during the day where you put the phone away, turn it off actually, and walk away for a bit. You may give yourself time to just go for a walk at a slow pace without your technology. Something like that. Go have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee without being connected in any other way but to yourself. Slow it down. So those are my thoughts for this evening. We do have a little time if anyone has any questions about it. Otherwise, I'll close with the dedication. Yeah, Ernie. Yeah, I'd like to offer something to add to your list, which is it comes from a woman named uh, Linda Graham. She's a teacher, meditate uh, psychotherapist. She suggests pick a color, red, blue, green, whatever. And as you're walking down the street, just notice when you see that color. So if I pick red, I can look. I can see that kneeling stool. I see the rug up there, the cushion under the bell. If you're driving, you want to be a little careful, but it's a nice way of just really noticing what's going on around you. That's great. Thank you. There's so many good tricks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am fortunate enough to be able to sit on the same seat on the same front porch every day now for the last eight months, first thing in the morning. Um, I, I have a back injury. I suffer from arthritis. I have a long list, the to-do list that is our lives. And so there's all of these things going. But just, what, yesterday morning, there's a trumpet vine along the fence, and it's starting to come. And I was sitting there, bewailing my my hurting wrists and my hurting back and the contractor needs this by noon. Just completely, you know, I was six hours or eight hours ahead of myself and in pain. And then I happened to look up and there was a hummingbird. They come back every year for the trumpet vine. It was just a hummingbird. And I was just there with the hummingbird for a second and everything else fell away. And it it reminded me that whatever you're, you know, whatever's going on, you are what you attend to. Where you put your attention, that's what you're going to experience. So as long as I was paying attention to the burning wrists, that's what I got was burning wrists. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Great. Last one. TJ. It's not a question but I was uh, reminded of some, some by something you said about uh, about how we have to pretend to be busy or be busy to feel important or something mm-hmm. uh, some time ago there was, I had a phone call with somebody this was the first conversation we ever had so we're strangers until that conversation mm-hmm. and the person on the phone picked up and said 
how's it going? Busy, busy? Like, <laughs> she meant it, you know, she's trying to say you're important. She's like, uh, I assume you're like, it, it's a pleasantry. She's trying to say something nice there. Yeah. <laughs> like, you must be busy. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. You must be busy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. That's it. We have to... Uh, we're, so, we're and we're so tapped into that that it, it's so part of like the mentality we we don't even think about it. we just say stuff like that right yeah <laughs> but the assumption is you're important so you must be busy yeah she wants you to feel important yeah that's amazing it's a great example of it. Well, thank you. So thank you all for for uh, your attention and going through um, hopefully an experience of that and a feeling of what I'm talking about, not just kind of the intellectual understanding of it. So we'll dedicate the merit of this evening uh, together. This is a time to just acknowledge that we might come here for ourselves, but the benefits of this practice of cultivating ourselves in this way of engaging with the Dharma has ripple effects that go beyond our own self-benefit. It benefits the people we then interact with, um, our family, our friends, our coworkers, the people we interact with uh, uh, in the community. And I, I believe it goes even further than that. There's ripple effects that go out uh, in the world that we don't even understand. So in that spirit, we can dedicate the merit uh, to all beings everywhere that uh, the, the goodness or wholesomeness of our practice this evening be for the benefit of all beings. May all beings be happy and find contentment in their lives. May all beings be healthy in their mind and in their body. May all beings be safe from inner and outer harm. May all beings be free. May we all be free. Thank you so much for your attention. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.